want to be a CEO? It's a tough mountain to climb. I'm finding out how to get there and what to do once you make it to the top. I'm Michael Thompson, and this is Three Peaks Leadership with Philip Levinson. So today we're picking up pretty much where we left off last episode. We were talking about the seven surprises, the things a new CEO might have assumed about their job, uh, but then when they get into the job, turn out to be something else entirely. As always, I'm joined by Philip Levinson, CEO, CEO mentor, and the author of Three Peaks Leadership, How to Make It as a CEO and Beyond. Lev, g'day. G'day, Michael. Great to be back. So last time we got through the first four of the seven surprises. What were the first four? Well, the first four surprises were, number one, you can't run the company. Mm -hmm. Number two, giving orders is very costly. Three, it's hard to know what's going on. And number four is that you're always sending a message. Number five on the list of the seven surprises, which again, we'll put this in the counterintuitive uh, column, but you're not the boss. No. Uh, and and you are you are responsible and you are the leader, but you're not the boss. The boss implies that you report to no one else. Yeah. And nothing could be further from the truth. It's an inverted pyramid. There's a, there's a, a line of uh, reporting up to you and then you distill that information out to a much broader church. We talked about the relationship with the board before. We talked about the relationship with stakeholders or investors in the company, but also society at large. I mean, your company or your entity has a place in society and you are the face of that entity to society. So if you're, I don't know, blowing up Aboriginal caves, you are responsible for the actions of the entity that you run in the eyes of of the society that you're in. That's a good point because social responsibility is becoming an increasingly important part, as it should be, of of, uh, managing a company. And we're seeing this shift. It has been probably a fairly slow shift up till now, but it seems now that it's happening quite quickly, that there is an enormous amount of accountability um, at the social level. But just looking again uh, specifically at who the CEO directly answers to, how hard is it to make sure that the information is being uh, shared with the chair and the board, with shareholders, all people who arguably are the boss of the CEO? Yeah. It must be a difficult thing to make sure that they're getting the information that they need. You find yourself really kind of jammed in the middle of of this flow of information coming up, then you've got to figure out what needs to continue going, what the board needs to know, what they need to approve. Absolutely. So that's actually a real, and again, it's experiential. No one can really teach you. The first thing you need to do is to establish a mutual level of trust with your board. Mm -hmm. Um, When you don't, you are in for a very rough ride. Yeah. If the board doesn't trust you and if you don't respect them, then you've got a problem and it needs to be fixed because otherwise the entire tone of your time as CEO is deeply impaired. The relationship between the CEO and chair of the board is particularly important. Mm -hmm. If they don't get on, then one of them has to go. And it's been shown time and time again that that fracture is incredibly perilous to the overall health of the organisation. Have you seen examples of CEOs forgetting that they are not the boss? Yeah. That they think that, well, 
it's it's their way or the highway and and they're calling all the shots and forgetting that they are in fact answerable to the chair and to the board yeah i see and 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 the longer the ceo's tenure the the more it seems to happen they yeah. become all seeing all powerful it becomes their empire it does and at some point they're going to be in in for a pretty tough time mm. and i think you mentioned before social responsibility i think corporate governance is incredibly important yeah. and i think the days of the rogue ceo are diminishing they're still out there and we still see them all the time but i think that there that there's far less sympathy for a ceo who takes the autocratic approach as opposed to a collaborative approach and they're probably not going to get another ceo job after this particular tenor ends where does the media come into all of this because obviously if you're answerable to the to the board and to the chair of the board the media is not your boss but they are almost the ones who are going to then bring in that third element of the social responsibility and making sure that people are aware of what's happening within the within the company and that's really something that that could result in quite a bit of pressure on a on a CEO how do you manage that uh, responsibility, that contact with the media, and and just acknowledging that they are really a bit of a watchdog for a publicly listed company. Oh, look, absolutely. Uh, so one of my guides and mentors gave me a sign that said, "The press is not your friend." So don't get sucked into the fact that you're being ag- aggrandized in the media, because yeah. uh, that will be very quickly taken away from you when you least expect it. So my background was investor relations. And so I came through having to front investors with, with news, mm. good or bad. And our maxim in my first role was good news fast, bad news faster. Yeah. So you've got to be, you've got to be respectful and you've got to be as open and transparent as you can be within the confines of, of compliance and good business order. But you try and aggrandize yourself and you actually start to love seeing yourself as CEO of the year. I mean, that is, to my mind, that's an absolute precursor for a precipitous decline in your popularity. Yeah, the celebrity CEO. You wonder how much of their focus then is on the job. Well, we're seeing it, you know, God help us, we're seeing it in the US with a celebrity, a former celebrity president. And and I think, you know, a lot of parallels can be drawn on a much less destructive basis. We've spoken about the chair, the board, and shareholders, but that is really the the sixth surprise on the list of the seven surprises is that pleasing shareholders is not the goal or it's not the only goal. It's it's not the goal. Right. The goal is to be a good corporate citizen. The goal is to be uh, a an employer of choice. The goal is to make a contribution to society and the goal is to make a profit on behalf of your investors and, and shareholders. So it's not – Pleasing the shareholders is not the goal, it's a goal. Yeah. Or it's even a consequence of ticking all those other boxes. Well, it is, it is. But you've got to remember in a public company, I mean, shareholders come and go. Yeah. I mean, the average hold, I think, is two quarters. Right. And you're reporting quarterly. Yeah. So if you listen to the, the chattering and direct your company in one way, because that's what your shareholders, the media and society wants you to do at that particular point, and it's very fickle, and you're heading off in this direction and all of a sudden the view changes and your society, the media and your shareholders are going in this direction, you're constantly tacking. So what you need to do is to set a direction. You need to have the ability to alter the course to a degree, but you can't allow yourself 
to be swayed on a short-term, quarter-by-quarter basis in the direction of your firm. I suppose this comes, this then ties in really well that what we spoke about in previous episodes about the importance of having that long-term strategy. Absolutely. And knowing that shareholders in the short term may be very, very unhappy with your action. But knowing if you're looking five years down the track, 10 years down the track, and there's been some really prominent examples. I remember um, when Qantas had some um, significant challenges a few years ago um, and Alan Joyce really went through a a process of reforming the the airline and restructuring. And just if you were to read the headlines, it looked terrible because yep. they were they were in a bad state financially. You fast forward five years down the track, and suddenly this was was one of the more successful airlines in the in the world because there was a vision, and he managed to work through the shareholder noise. He did. Also, I think his genius is communication. Mm. He said, "This is what we're going to do. This is what we've done. Yep. This is how we do it. Did it, and this is where we're going from here." And yep. I think that is that is. You take the strategy, you communicate it effectively, and you stick to the degrees possible. And God knows, in the example of Qantas, the extraneous shocks have been extreme. Yeah, but they've kept, you know, they've kept a direction. Yeah, a much smaller scale. I, um, I decided that we needed to take our company uh, international, mm-hmm. uh, which had not been done successfully for many years. And when I expounded that strategy to the board and to the media. And to stakeholders, I was absolutely pilloried for it. Now, at this point, five or seven years later, the majority of, if not all of our competitors have got an international presence. And in fact, it was said, if you don't, that's when you get pilloried. So again, you have to enunciate, you have to have a plan, a clear plan and enunciate it. Yeah. And you've got to have a thick skin as well. (laughs) There (laughs) There is no place for the person lying in the fetal position, sucking their thumb on a sofa in the CEO or the business leader role. You've just got to accept that. Yeah. And if that's not for you, we keep talking about it. If it's not for you, accept it and do something else. There's yeah. plenty of other things to do. Yeah. And it's not to say that you need to be superhuman or that, that you can't um, feel these things, yeah. which, I, which I actually leads neatly into uh, surprise number seven on the list, which is you're only human. Yes. I mean, archetypally, the CEO gets up at four o'clock in the morning, runs a triathlon, swims across the bay, cycles 50 kilometers and is informed as they're doing it by podcasts of global affairs and, and the, uh, the running of their company so that when they get to their desk with a cup of coffee at seven o'clock in the morning, they're good to go and they go for 12 hours and then take calls. That's not sustainable. No. And, and each one of us needs to know what our limits are. And again, that goes back to knowing yourself. So, I mean, work-life balance to a degree doesn't exist in, in leadership, yeah. but you've got to prepare your family and your friends and, and your colleagues for the fact that what you're doing is something extraordinary and it does have a limited life. I remember sitting down with my kids and saying, uh, I'm not coming back to Australia because I've just got another job. But right. guys, it's from a period of time and at the end of that period of time, there's a pot at the end of the rainbow. And my nine-year-old son turned around and said, it had better be a big pot <laughs> out of the mouth of bays. But, you know, it was, exa- it was exactly right. But That must I, have been I, tough. It was very tough. It was very tough. And it's, uh, you know, again, it's a big part of the job that, you, that it's unexpected. 
You don't expect it to be all-consuming, but all of a sudden you're all, you're all consumed. It's a fascinating list, the seven surprises. It's a great list. I wish I'd known it before I started. Well, you go into it in a, a fair bit more detail in the book. Yes. Which is a, a great reason to pre-order a copy of the book, Three Peaks Leadership, How to Make It as a CEO and Beyond by Philip Levinson. It's available from uh, March 2021, and uh, it can be pre-ordered now on Booktopia, on Amazon or Dimmix or basically anywhere online where you where you order books. So if you uh, pre-order it now, you'll be one of the first to, uh, to get it when it's released in, in March. And remember, while you are cruising around online, make sure you hit subscribe or you hit the follow button on the uh, podcast so the next episode of Three Peaks Leadership lands in your playlist. Uh, I'm Michael Thompson and this is Three Peaks Leadership with Philip Levinson. Thank you.